Welcome back to the Investing on the Go podcast brought to you by Fund Caliber. This week, we dive into the performance of the Japanese stock market. We touch on current opportunities, the shift between growth and value investing in Japan, and the factors that could influence this dynamic in the future. I'm James Yardley, and today I'm joined by Sophia Lee, the fund manager of the FSSA Japan Focus Fund. Sophia, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, thank you for your invitation. Um, Sophia, the Japanese stock market is always uh, fascinating, and it's been doing quite well this year, uh, and perhaps arguably it's been more stable than a lot of other markets. So what has been driving the performance? Mm-hmm. Um, this year, Japan market has a strong rally, mainly driven by the re-entry of the foreign investors uh, after they have consistently um, been selling the uh, market in the past seven years. And then secondly, also due to the concern about the macro risk in China and, uh, and, and the investors in Asia basically consider Japan as a large, large uh, alternative market to invest in. And then thirdly, also, the domestic economy of Japan is quite stable, mainly because it has been behind the other developed markets in terms of reopening. So we have the support from the inbound tourists and also the um, accelerated consumption from the domestic consumers. Um, so uh, last but not least, and the yen actually has been depreciating sharply since earlier this mm. year due to the interest rate differential compared with the United States, and that have uh, benefited uh, the large index component which usually are the exporters and are more FX-sensitive. Uh, and one of those uh, foreign investors which you mentioned is, is Warren Buffett, of course, the legendary investor who visited the country earlier this year uh, and has been investing and increasing his uh, Japanese holdings. Uh, and I think a lot of other foreign investors have been following in as well. So is this a good sign for uh, long-term investors in mm-hmm. Japan? I mean, do you think this money is going to stick around? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for the question. Uh, so Warren Buffett has increased his stake in the top five general trading houses in Japan. In fact, he started to invest in these companies since late 2020 when the global commodity price plunged. So this time he simply just top up his existing holdings. Um, other than that, actually, there's been some encouraging uh, changes around the corporate governance and also the shareholders return attitude among the corporate Japan. For example, earlier this year, actually the Tokyo Stock Exchange has encouraged all the listed companies in Japan to reconsider uh, the importance of cost of capital and also the efficiency of their balance sheet. And then all of them are required uh, to submit a medium-term strategy to talk about how they are going to boost the overall valuation of their companies if they are if they are extremely cheap. And then secondly, how they are going to improve their ROE. So hopefully we can see some um, uh, encouraging uh, signs of change going forward. And this is about trying to boost some of those companies which are trading below book value, so below the value of the assets on their balance sheet. So uh, are we going to see an increase in dividends in things like share buybacks? Is, is that all happening at the moment? Um, so, uh, of course, the media headline just focuses on below one times price to book companies. Uh, in fact, when uh, actually, we talked to Tokyo Stock Exchange last week, and then they mentioned that they target at all the listed companies, and then they actually want to see more response from the higher price to book companies because so far they didn't know that they were the target too. So, in, so in my view, that I think the overall corporate governance uh, in Japan will improve, and obviously we'll see more share buyback and also more dividend payout. Well, I mean that all sounds very positive. Um, and if we turn to your portfolio, I, mean, I notice you have GMO Payment Gateway, uh, a cashless payment provider. 
Um, I mean, this is interesting because only about a third of Japanese consumption is cashless at the moment. So, I mean, obviously it's a growth area. Um, how quickly are cashless payments now being adopted? Uh, and what, do you, what it also, could you give us the... The reason for holding the stock. Yeah, thank you. So, um, so for cashless payment, the penetration in Japan, as you mentioned, is very low, as well as e-commerce. For example, the e-commerce penetration in Japan is only about twelve percent. While in other markets like China, United States, it's above twenty, thirty percent. And for cashless payment in other developed markets, it's already above actually sixty, or in Korea, it's close to one hundred percent. So the changes are happening in Japan, albeit at a relatively slow pace, uh, but. The we do think that it will accelerate. Uh, first of all, for GMO Payment Gateway, we like the company because they are the uh, market leader with more than 25% market share in online payment services. And then in the meantime, the company is also pushing the offline cashless payment. They have a strategic partnership with the largest credit card company, SMCC, a subsidiary of SMBC Financial Group, uh, to install the cutting edge, actually, the cashless payment terminals. Um, and uh, and across all the major infrastructure in Japan. So the company has a great track record. Um, they, their growth is not expo explosive, but they have been delivering more than 25% KGO growth consistently in the past 15 years. And we think that this trend will continue. And maybe also just uh, to talk about perhaps one of the negatives in mm. Japan. I mean, there were twice as many deaths as birth last year. Um, I saw today, I think one in 10 people in Japan is now over 80. So there is a bit of a, a, um, a demographic headwind. So I mean, what impact um, does this have on the economy? And, and more importantly, what impact does it have on your companies? Can they still grow in this difficult environment? Uh, it's a great question. In fact, that many countries in Asia are facing the issue of aging population. For example, the birth rate in China and South Korea now is even below the level in Japan. And really? Yeah, and Japan actually has been a, a pioneer in terms of dealing with the uh, the, the the aging population. Um, so in our in our view, that actually presents investment opportunities to the investors. Uh, so first of all, we prefer companies that are able to uh, expand their global exposure. So basically, their growth is not only driven by domestic economy, but by the overall global economy. And then, and secondly, uh, factory automation, uh, IT services, and software. These are the great tools uh, for the Japanese companies to boost their labor productivity. And then, in our portfolio, we've been investing a number of these companies, which have been growing uh, at a much faster uh, pace than the overall economy. And then thirdly, we also have been actively looking for ideas uh, which can uh, offer the, the services to help uh, the elder uh, people in Japan. For example, um, there is a strong need for the hospice services in Japan because of the medical budget constraint of the Japanese government. So the, we invest in the hospice operators, which can take care of the uh, patients with chronic uh, illness and also at a much affordable uh, cost. And other ideas also include the job placement companies, which help hospitals, elder care facilities look for nurses and uh, care workers. So in overall, we don't think that the aging population uh, issue is an uh, obstacle to uh, our path to find the growth companies there. Uh, and you mentioned automation there. I mean, Japan, of course, is... Um, a world leader in robotics and automation. And of course, we've now got this big interest in AI as well. Um, so 
What do you have any robotics or automation linked holdings? I mean, what are the opportunities there? Yeah, thank you. Uh, in fact, uh, Japan has uh, been a global leader in this area. Actually, seven out of the ten largest robot makers are based there, and also the country has a very sophisticated supply chain. Uh, one of our top holdings is a company called Kians. Uh, they are the largest machine vision system provider in the world, with more than twenty five percent market share. And in fact, that machine vision system is the least penetrated uh, factory automation components um, and as a result we believe that the company can enjoy structural growth uh, going forward and since you talk about AI in fact actually one of the uh, key beneficiaries uh, from AI is semiconductor production equipment and also materials because they are the in enabling technology of AI uh, GPUs so in Japan actually we invest in a number of uh, niche uh, companies which have done market share in the cutting-edge semiconductor equipment or materials. Uh, one good example is a company called Ajinomoto. So this company has a monopolistic market share in a vital type of uh, insulating material used in advanced packaging for AI GPU called the ABF. And, uh, and for this material, actually right now more than 60% of demand is from data centers, uh, AI servers, and we believe that it will uh, continue to grow at uh, uh, close to 20% in the next CAGR in the next 5 to 10 years. Brilliant. And, uh, and just finally, I mean, Japan is a, it's a very stylistic market. Of course, it tends to yeah. swing between the growth and value style investing. Your portfolio, I think, is more geared towards growth and yeah. quality. Um, so what are you seeing at the moment in terms of valuations? Mm. Uh, I think more recently it's been more of a value market, which yes. has been a challenge. What could change that in the future and what could could make growth and quality come back? Uh, thank you for um, the question. So I think uh, indeed in the past two years, there's uh, been a strong uh, rotation from the quality growth type of companies into the financials and the more cyclical companies, which trades at a very low valuation. And uh, what happened is that uh, due to the... Uh, sharply rising global inflation, it is the companies uh, which have higher operating leverage and also which didn't really have the ability to raise price in the past that have benefited most because now everyone raises uh, the prices, they can enjoy um, this rally. And in the meantime, because of the high operating leverage, the profit growth has been very strong. So that's why for the companies that always have the pricing power, high margin, and they can always like um, uh, deliver growth when the overall global economy was weak, they are temporarily out of favor um, in the past two years. So when can these type of companies uh, go back into favor again? I think that usually they perform well when there's more concerns about the global economic outlook and also when yen uh, appreciates because yen is uh, historically considered as a safe haven asset. Mm. They tend to appreciate uh, when the overall global economy starts to to, uh, deteriorates and for the companies in our portfolio I think usually their earnings is more resilient during the economic down, down cycle and they can always um, deliver growth and which is relatively uh, uncorrelated with the macro environment. Uh, Sophia that's been absolutely fascinating um, I'm certainly going to be following Japan with interest uh, in the future uh, and that's been some really great insights today so thank you very much for joining us. Thank you.
The FSSA, Japan Focus Fund, is a high-conviction fund investing predominantly in large and medium-sized Japanese companies with a heavy emphasis on quality. So learn more about the FSSA, Japan Focus Fund, visit fundcaliber.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Investing on the Go podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember, we've been discussing individual companies to bring investing to life for you. It's not a recommendation to buy or sell. The fund may or may not still hold these companies at the time of listening. Elite ratings are based on Fund Calibre's research methodology and are the opinion of Fund Calibre's research team only. Mm-hmm.